Hi. Hi. Uh, welcome to the 10th episode of the Speaking English podcast. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And uh, for our special 10th episode, we're trying something new. Um, I, I think I'm going to call it conversational English. Um, so joining the both of us today is my good friend, Audrey. Hi. <laughs> and uh, we're kind of going to try give this a go and uh, have some conversational English. Um, so just starting off, how's everyone's week been? Um, I think it's been a pretty long week for everyone, just with current events, everything that's going on. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just been a really hard, really long, really busy week. Very, very true. Um, how about you, Audrey? Yeah, just busy. <laughs> I had my first week of online classes and I'm taking quite a few. So just a little, little busy, but that's okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's been, um, there's just a lot going on everywhere in every aspect of my life right now. Um, yeah, this week has been crazy. I started a new job. I started a new class. I, uh, started my Prague application and I'm still currently looking for a place to live. And it all is kind of just coming together. Congrats on the new job. Into a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. It's in my major, so that's fun. That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, the new videographer for the East Center at CU Boulder. So. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And uh, so far, it's already a lot of work. Um. Yeah, so it's very exciting. Uh, my short little list for this week is uh, having to do with overwhelming movies because everything's very overwhelming. And uh, I just like when I feel in something strongly, I like to just try to make it as strong as strong as I can. So um, instead of getting a release from just uh, everything overwhelming going on, um, Sometimes it's just nice to just add to it, I guess. <laughs> All three of my movies are kind of very overwhelming in different ways. Um, the first one is Christopher Nolan's Memento, which is kind of about a guy who has memory loss. And whenever he goes to sleep, he loses all of his memories. And he searches to find the killer of his wife, I think. It's been a really long time since I watched it. Um, and he just tattoos clues on his body. So every time he wakes up, he has to kind of continue his quest, his uh, detective work. Um, and I say it's so overwhelming just because the structure of it is kind of confusing at first. And then kind of the more you catch on, the more disturbing, I guess, it gets. So a very overwhelming experience, I would have to say. Interesting. That sounds pretty freaky. Um, it's one of my favorites, Christopher Nolan movies for sure. Top top tier. Anyways, um, yeah. Uh, my second is it's called "Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown," um, which sounds also kind of intense. But this is the lighter option on the list. Um, it's quite funny. It's Spanish by Pedro Almodovar. And it's just kind of a very, um, there's just a lot going on, but it, it adds to the comedic effect. It's kind of like a farce, but very good, very funny. So that one kind of is an escape, I guess. <laughs> um, and then my third choice is called Run Lola Run, which um, I think is actually the first movie I ever watched on film or at least that I can remember basically this girl it's in that one's in German um but this girl has to raise fine money to save her boyfriend um who's gonna rob somewhere for the money but it's kind of it's in real time and it 
kind of takes three different turns of the same events with things going different based on different decisions. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like kind of just a lot going on. And it's, although like it never really gets confusing, especially because kind of the second time around, you know, the broader story beats. Um, but since it's in real time, like the tension goes up kind of with, with each thing that happens, especially in each of the following um kind of cycles of it but yeah it's a very interesting kind of form to it and big fan big fan cool thanks i've never heard of any of those so that's pretty exciting yeah i would uh yeah they're all worth checking out i think memento is probably the one with like the most pop culture clout i guess right um but i think all definitely worth watching for sure Nice. Yeah, so uh, let's kind of get into uh, meeting and talking to our guest on the show today. So Audrey is also a film student at Boulder, um, I'm, and I'm sure she has more to say about herself that <laughs> I would not do as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically it. I'm just a, another film student at Boulder. It's really fun, like, so far. Um, so I guess what we're kind of going for is that um, when we first kind of started this, it was with the idea of kind of looking at the way that um, we all kind of watch movies and go about watching new stuff. And trying to go about like watching and reading more stuff as well. Um, yeah. So like, I guess what I would ask is kind of, you know, what made you kind of want to pursue this and kind of what does like movies hold in your life, I guess? Yeah. Uh, let's think how I really got into it. I guess I just really liked watching all of the special features on movies and how they were made. I always thought those were really interesting, sometimes more fun than the movies themselves. And then I was like, hey, that might be a fun career to pursue. And as I got more and more into it, it just gets more and more fun. And I'm always finding new things that I like about movies and how they're made. It's always just really fun to learn and hope that I can make new stuff too, I guess. Yeah, can live up to all the, all this stuff that's gone before. Because I know I worry about that a lot, just as far as like, especially in creating stuff, it's kind of like, I have a long way to go. <laughs> but Yeah, no, I completely feel that. Especially in classes, because we just watch all of the really, really good stuff. It's really inspiring, but definitely a little like, wow, how could I ever... Yeah, like a little pressure, a little bit of pressure too, huh? But exciting because we're always learning about how there's like more room and there's always people pushing limits and stuff. I guess that's why I also like being a film major just because before I got into college and started taking film-specific classes, I had no idea how much really went into it and how much opportunity there was for creatively expressing yourself. So that was pretty cool. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. And as far as just like watching stuff, I guess, um, it just seems that like there's so much beyond the surface level of kind of what um, like gets the most exposure. Oh, in, yeah. Especially like in America, a lot of people like don't even want to go about like watching anything in a different language. Oh, yeah. With subtitles yeah. and then as far as like more experimental stuff. Cause I, at, at CU, they're real big on that. Um, sometimes it's a little bit too much, I think, but it's just yeah, so, so. Yeah, no, definitely. Sometimes I've seen some things in classes like, wow, that was bold to say the least. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's, um, it's like all the different perspectives. It's kind of, I think it's nice for, kind of deciding where you fit between all the kind of extremes. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so just as far as like maybe watching movies go, do you like watch a lot of stuff or, and like kind of how has that been really if like, what do you try to like seek out to watch on your own time kind of, um, and has it changed going to film school? For sure. Yeah. I definitely watch a lot of stuff. I try to at least these past few weeks, not as much just cause I've been really busy especially getting stuff together for school. But during the quarantine season, I was watching one or two a day. So that was kind of fun. But since going to film school, I've definitely broadened my horizons. I mean, like you were talking about before going to see you, I wasn't really seeking out international films or more experimental films. But now when I come across one, it's definitely on my list to watch. So that's been kind of cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting how people, um, like once you, once you kind of lose the aversion to more different stuff, um, like a whole new world opens up, it seems at least to me, but that's kind of just how I felt in my experience. But yeah, same here. It's the best way to put it. I'd say. Um, I, yeah, I want to ask, like, do you two have any advice for people who aren't film majors and don't have that kind of like exposure from school to kind of like bring that into their lives themselves? Like sometimes I don't really feel like I even know where to look for new movies or like sometimes Evan will recommend some on the podcast that I've like literally never heard of. <laughs> I'm like, where, where does he get all this information? Well, first of all, if you're listening, listen to this podcast and keep listening. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I like to think I have some pretty good recommendations. I think so, too. <laughs> um, no, I think I think the biggest thing is just kind of, as far as, I, I didn't mean to just hijack this question, but uh, I'll go first while you think about it. Um, but I think it's a big thing to... Um, at what, like, first of all, just kind of keep your eyes open. Um, and you're talking about how you, like, you don't really know where to look. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, there are like things like Criterion and Canopy and, um, like Mubi, uh, which I don't actually have, but I follow the, their account on Instagram and see what they put on their channel. And it seems very fun. Um, I think just going on sites like that, especially Canopy, because um, it's free, like if you at the public library and a library subscription is free, um, and kind of just browse it, find something that looks interesting, just watch it without kind of any introduction to it. And then um, if you liked it, just research it, look up. Um, where it's from, first of all, because there's a lot of foreign stuff, what else the director has done, who he's associated with, and sort of stuff like that, and kind of just expand your network, I guess, um, would be my advice. But Nice. I would say the same thing. I was going to recommend Criterion, too, just because since looking at it, they have a lot more, I'd say, experimental stuff that you wouldn't find anywhere else, but Netflix too even has a lot of hidden gems or whatnot that mm -hmm. if you look hard enough, you can find sometimes when looking for movies, I'll just find the most random thing I can on Netflix. If it sounds even like the lightest bit interesting, I'll just give it a go. And I think that's also really important. Just even if you don't know if you'll like it, just give it a try because it's still fun to watch. Yeah, I really like that. Um, and then I just want to, for like cri the criterion, especially is that, um, I think I mentioned in like the first episode or something that like the, the a thousand and one book, I think Criterion's kind of the same thing in that while they have, they have a lot of like rabbit holy stuff. That's kind of like the deep cuts, but also like just cross-referencing with kind of like some lists online or something just criterion kind of has all the all the um, superlative most well-known things from like more obscure sorts of stuff i guess 
and it's kind of hard because on their channel they don't really organize it by that it it has kind of has to come with a little bit of outside knowledge as to what's necessarily like going to be the most important things from like certain movements and countries and that sort of stuff but i think kind of the biggest benefit of criterion and why i hype it up so much is just because they have like a lot of the landmarks to start with when you're trying to get into watching more different stuff, I guess. Right. I don't want to say film major stuff because that sounds very like limiting and a little gatekeepy. But, uh, <laughs> like just, I guess I would just say more different stuff. Cool. Thanks guys. That was really good advice. Now, I don't know this a whole lot or I don't know this for sure either way, but do, are you, do you read a whole lot? Audrey, like, do you, how do you feel about reading? (laughs) I like it it a lot. Sometimes I'm a very avid reader and other times I get so caught up being busy, but yeah, I definitely go through phases of being really into reading books and not, but thankfully since we've been stuck at home for so long, just went through a reading phase. So that was cool. Gotcha. Yes. Now's a good time or like the quarantine, it seems like the quarantine is kind of easing out of like easing back into a little more normal, but it's kind of crazy. I actually started reading more this week when I've been so busy just because when I have free time, it's like not enough to commit time to like watch a movie or anything. I just sit down and read for like 30, 40 minutes and I've been making a lot of progress just this week, especially, which is kind of weird, but. Um, I definitely um, relate to going through phases of reading more and then phases where I'm just not that interested in it. And sometimes uh, I'll hear people say that they're like going through a reading slump and ask for advice about kind of how to snap out of that. And personally, I would say that you don't necessarily have to, like if you're just not interested in reading at the time, I think you can really just like lean into that and use that time to watch more movies or things like that. Like you don't necessarily have to constantly be reading in order to be like an effective reader, I guess. Yeah. That's good advice. Cause I feel like it goes like that with a lot of things. Like there'll be some weeks where I'm watching like two, probably not three, but like two movies most days of the week. And then other times it's just, I'm not feeling it a whole lot. And I mean, I feel like it might just be like that with everything. Yeah, I think so too. And I think we should just kind of like let ourselves go through those phases. Do whatever you want is my advice. (laughs) Do what feels right. Um, Do you have a favorite book? Yeah, it's, it's a tie between a couple, but I think it might be one I just finished. It's called, and it's Motley Cruz, like the band, their life story and it's just crazy they were some hooligans (laughs) (laughs) trouble and it was just very interesting almost unbelievable but it was a really fun read considering none of them are writers and they all wrote their own parts so that was kind of really cool oh yeah that's what i was gonna ask yeah so they all like each one of them wrote kind of their own section does it like swap between or is it like each person has their full section that you just read all at once it swaps between um, the four main band members just as who's going through the most at the time, probably, and then all of their other opinions. And then there's some small chapters from like their manager and stuff. But it's really funny because you get all of their different tones. Like one of the guys, the drummer, he constantly puts dude in it. He's like, I was like, dude. <laughs> they have such different styles and personalities and it was really cool to get that all in one book gotcha yeah no that's actually super interesting especially like i feel like whenever like autobiographies and the sort where you're kind of reading the words of someone that you know a lot about but at the same time you don't really i just think that's a very interesting kind of format for anything really i agree yeah i had a list of questions but uh i left it upstairs so (laughs) that's okay um one of them was your like your favorite movie too do you do would you know that 
also really hard. I don't know if I have just one singular favorite, but I was thinking about it earlier. I think I have favorites per genre. Okay. It goes to just picking one. I'm just too indecisive. I feel so mean when I pick just one. (laughs) But I'll go with my top couple. I think right up there at the top is Carrie, like the 1973 horror movie based off of Stephen King's book, just because it was really well done. And we watched it. I took a horror film analysis class and we really got into it. And it was just really impressive seeing how well they executed it. And I really liked it. So that's definitely up there. And then this musical called Moulin Rouge. I just watched when in quarantine and I found it just delightful. (laughs) And I've watched it weird amount of times since then because I just think it's so good. So those are probably my top two. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't seen either. (laughs) I definitely recommend two very different movies, but both good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we're going to try to do like a horror movie special on uh, sometime in October. You might yeah. should come on for that because I know you have a lot more. You've seen a lot more horror movies than me. <laughs> That's my biggest gap. That and like 80s blockbusters are my biggest gap in like super well-known movies that I just haven't seen. <laughs> no, that sounds so fun. But yeah, so we'll have to get into that sometime in October, maybe, as you do. Yeah, I think there was one other thing I wanted to ask, but I don't remember what it was now. Maybe I'll remember it. Um, but I was wanting to do the bingo thing. Just jump into it. Oh, and I still managed to drop it. Um, 064. Uh, wow, this kind of ties in with what you were talking about earlier. It is good movies that you can find on Netflix. Nice. This one's fun just because uh, I feel like Netflix has been going about adding a lot of stuff fairly recently. Yeah, I feel like that too. Let's see. Uh, my favorite kind of movie that I feel like is not a lot of uh, not on a lot of people's radar that's on Netflix is called Kung Fu Hustle. Um, I might have mentioned this on the podcast earlier. I don't remember, but that movie is so fun. It's uh, Stephen Chow. I think it's in Chinese. Um, it's just it really just embraces like all the campy aspects and. really doesn't lose quality as a movie which is i don't understand how they he pulls it off but uh it's like like really obviously bad cgi just and they just embrace it and go nuts with it and it is just one of the most fun movies and like done super well also so one that i was looking for to watch for the longest time and they finally put it on netflix like two months ago it's called a ghost story like a24 it's very i don't know how to describe it very artistic very beautiful it's one of those i would say hidden gems but i loved it and i think that's a great movie on netflix that i was struggling to find anywhere else so isn't that the one with like the weird aspect ratio yeah that's the one nice i'll have to check that out sometime it's really good I'm so looking forward to watching that movie. I just saw that they added that too. And I can't wait. As I'm looking at Netflix, I would say one of my favorites that was made like specifically for Netflix was The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I was just thinking that. (laughs) I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, Yeah, and I, I just felt like it was like kind of right that it went straight to Netflix. I felt like that was a good move. And then another movie that um, has just like always been on Netflix, I watched for the first time on Netflix years ago that I just love and is like a classic is The Silence of the Lambs. That's on Netflix? Yeah, one of my all-time faves. And it's just like very stable on Netflix. I feel like like it's just always there. It's just there, yeah. That one. Wow, I haven't seen that 
and uh, I didn't know it was on Netflix. I might watch that tonight because that's been on my list for a long time. Yay, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I had no idea it was on Netflix. Also, in regards to um, Buster Scruggs, I feel like that would probably be a good introduction to the Coen brothers if you haven't seen any of their other work. True. Um, Yeah, just because it's very, it's not as, uh, I don't want to say not engaging because it really is. It's just the story, it's like told in separate stories and they kind of come together to create the vibe that's i guess like each one kind of has a different sort of vibe that the cohen brothers work with fairly often in a lot of their other stuff but i wouldn't i wouldn't say it represents all of their work for sure just because they have quite a bit of range but kind of their um i guess sensibilities like if you like buster scruggs you're gonna love some of their other movies too so yeah, I totally agree. They really do like cover a lot of different like content in their movies, I guess, but they all have a really kind of similar feel to them. I think in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs really captures it so so well because mm. it's I think six, right? Six different kind of short stories. Yeah. Crashed into one movie, which is so I don't know, it just kind of feels very like a typical move of them and each story <laughs> feels very very different and one of them is like a musical number type of situation which I don't know that's just so like I just watched um Hail Caesar you know last month Mm -hmm. when they kind of just randomly threw a musical number into that one as well I was like classic color (laughs) (laughs) let's see as far as like kind of um like lesser known I guess on Netflix I don't know if it's still on there I'm going to check right now but it's a movie called E Tu Mama Tambien um, by Alfonso Cuaron who went on to make um, Harry Potter and the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban the best one the best one and also um, things like Roma and Gravity oh wow um, and, and it is still on Netflix um, it's uh, very like sexually explicit in um comparison to his other stuff his american stuff because this is um done in mexico um so just have that warning before watching it like with your parents or something (laughs) um this is my only disclaimer on that one but it's uh it makes you think it's a very uh very interesting movie and i think a good um if you've liked other stuff that alfonso cuaron has done definitely one to watch so many good ones. I'm trying to decide which to promote right now. We'll go with, I just rewatched this one. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. I don't think it's exactly unknown. Um, it's <laughs> called About Time and it's pretty recent. And it's about like a time traveler. It's a rom-com, but yeah, it's, there's a lot that goes on, but it's a really good movie. It's kind of a feel-good movie. It's definitely a feel-good movie, but I thought it was really interesting. I don't know how well-known it is, but it's on Netflix and definitely worth checking out. To anyone who likes rom-coms, I would suggest. Um, there's so many good ones on Netflix. I don't know. Like, I feel like as soon as we move on from this question, we'll think of more things. Um, I think it's important to f- point out that uh, they just put a lot of Martin Scorsese's movies on Netflix. Um, and I would definitely recommend checking out what I say, Taxi Driver, which I watched last month um, and talked about in the last episode, but also Raging Bull, which I saw for the first time recently. Um, I think that's also a very good uh, kind of a classic that um, I guess in Martin Scorsese's filmography. So definitely worth checking out yeah so the next bingo thing is g52 which is oh wow best cheesy or campy movies wow Um, american summer (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) my favorite movie classic still haven't seen it I would say mine is Empire Records. I really like that movie. <laughs> I Mo- love that movie. Cheesy, but I, I love it. That's a great answer. Mine would be Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> um, oh, no, I have a better one. Sorry. Um, this one is called Sukiyaki Western Django. 
um, which is a Japanese picture by um, by oh, it's by Takashi Miike, who is known um, for just making an insane amount of movies. Um, he's directed over a hundred. He comes out with one or two a year, pretty much. Um, ranging in quality from the really good to the really bad. And this one, uh, it's something else. Uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I think it should still be available there. Um, But it's kind of just a mashup of like kind of spaghetti Westerns with the more, um, with like samurai movies, kind of like that overlap that's gone on both in the history of both genres, really. Um, But it's just, campy as possible um it's all japanese actors who don't know english but they're all speaking english um and the only person who speaks japanese in this movie is quentin tarantino and uh yeah i don't know it's just something else i would recommend checking it out i think it's great but a lot of people that i watched it with disagreed with me so It's definitely a fun time either way, though, I would say. Nice. Next question. Okay, this one is good short stories. I don't know. Do either of you kind of like know, like read short stories ever? (laughs) I read short stories from time to time. I would say my favorite short story author is Ray Bradbury. Um, He writes full-length novels as well, but personally, I like his short stories a lot better they all just kind of explore like some sort of really kind of random out there like sci-fi ish idea and um he has quite a few collections of them and they're all just very intriguing like they're just very special i don't think anybody else writes short stories like he does gotcha yeah i've read a couple or like one of his books one or two uh but yeah that's interesting i'll have to check that out thanks I have a couple. There's this one that I wrote like my final paper on in one of my classes last semester. Uh, it was called The Garden of Forking Paths. And I forget who the author was now. I feel bad, but it's kind of like about, uh, oh no, it, is, uh, it was this guy, Jorge Luis Borges, um, who's from Argentina, actually. Um, but it's a story about time travel. And it's not sci-fi, really. It's it's very interesting and it's free to read online. You can probably just find a PDF by looking it up, but it's, it's a fun one. Awesome. Um, and then I also just wanted to say just some stuff by Kafka. Um, Cause even though he writes novels too, I think his short stories are the best. And uh, there's a few longer ones. And then there's a few that are less than a page and sometimes they hit just as hard. Uh, My favorite by him is probably, uh, it's called Before the Law. And that's, I think, just like a page or two. Nice. It hits hard. (laughs) I don't really read short stories. I don't know if I have one to offer. Gotcha. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's just been the weirdest thing because, uh, like, in my humanities classes, we'll read, like, one book for a couple of weeks and then the next two weeks is just like different short stories every class i guess i've just gained kind of a newfound appreciation and started reading some nice <laughs> but yeah i i always wonder just because like that the same thing with like short films too um and i need to i i think that's kind of a problem that i have more too is just i don't know where to find good quality short films Mm-hmm. that aren't by people that I know. <laughs> um, but like, I just like thinking about the time commitment behind them. You know, if you only have a few minutes or like a, like t- 30 minutes to an hour, just read like a full or like not even that long short stories would probably take what, like maybe 30 minutes to read all the way through. So I just kind of always wondered about that. Like, why don't we read more short stories and watch more short films? Just, because there's so much less time commitment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I guess they just feel a little bit less um, accessible, I guess. Like we've just kind of gotten ourselves into this uh, 
like culture, I guess, where we just watch full-length films and we read full novels. So people don't really talk about short films and short stories all that much. So it's just hard to find them, like you were saying. No, sometimes I think about it, and then sometimes I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine watching like a full length. Or I don't know. I guess I like. I have more appreciation for short films after having to watch them a lot in class. So I probably seek them out a little more, but it's not constantly on my mind, I'd say. Gotcha. Because um, I feel like that could be like an interesting little insular community that probably exists somewhere of just people who like only watch short films. But yeah. as far as like experimental stuff, that we watch in class, it makes sense that, uh, um, that like, that's kind of the, the, uh, only outlet for it, but I've just been kind of like, I've been browsing Kickstarter a lot recently. Um, and there's a lot of just people who are just self-financing their own, like long form short films, like 20, 30 minutes of like being able to tell a full story. And I think that that's kind of a a first step for a lot of future featured directors. And I just think that's interesting. And I wish I knew where to look. Yeah. As far as finding some short films, I know Mubi definitely has a lot. Okay. Um, I do have a Mubi account and they send out emails almost every day about the new short films they they're showing so they do offer a lot of those if anyone's ever interested yeah i didn't know that well i might have to take a deeper look at movie i'm already paying a lot just for different subscription services but we'll see it's actually free for cu boulder film students so you are in oh love. is it really wow <laughs> i had no idea that's so cool more you know <laughs> this is just like when i first found out about the ifs cool all right um this next question is very fun it's uh your favorite director and why um mine is definitely like wes anderson and it's sometimes i feel like that's like a little bit of a cliche answer that like a lot of people say but it's just it's the truth like he just has made so many of my top most favorite movies yeah he's up there for me i don't think he's he's like the for some reason like when people do tier lists they have s tier in the highest and a tier is the second highest Mm -hmm. for me wes anderson's like on the a tier (laughs) just because he's so consistent with his output yeah yeah i really just like everything that he does i always find it really funny and really just like so pleasant to watch and he's made a lot of movies that i can watch over and over and over and never get sick of yeah no yeah for sure (laughs) man i don't know i i have to think a little bit swing back to me come back gotcha i i don't know i've thought about this a lot and uh my uh my s tier has four there's five spots for it and there's four that I know, and the fifth one, I kind of have a few that could go there, just depending on how I would determine it. But this is a question I've thought of a lot. <laughs> um, so my, my top tier is like uh, the Coen brothers. Uh, and this is in no particular order. Um, I haven't really ranked them within kind of the tiers, um, just because I like them all for very different reasons. Um, so the Coen brothers, Alfred Hitchcock, Billy Wilder and Federico Fellini. Nice. Um, and then kind of the last spot is between uh, Akira Kurosawa and uh, Edgar Wright. Um, so let me just go down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Coen brothers. They're just, I don't know. They're the best. Their sense of humor is just very in line with mine, I guess. All their movies are just, I like that they don't mind, you know, working kind of within the Hollywood system and following general Hollywood conventions, but then just leaving a lot of their movies without a, uh, like, resolution, really. And uh, it's, like, pissed off a lot of people that I've kind of watched Coen Brothers movies with, but uh, I just love that so much that pretty much all of their movies it ends and there's really no 
change in the broader world from when they started. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like yeah. if you were to just look at the events and not the movie itself, you could say, well, that was pointless. <laughs> um, and I think I never really thought of that, but <laughs> I think that's one of the best qualities <laughs> to have in a movie. At least I like that the most. So mm-hmm. okay, I thought about mine. I really thought about it. Uh, definitely Ari Aster, just because, mm, yeah, Midsummer and Hereditary, I've seen multiple times, and every time they just get better, and I think they're just so detailed and well-made, so he's definitely actually probably my favorite, just because the main stuff he puts out, I haven't disliked anything, so. I totally gotcha. agree. Both of those movies are masterpieces. He did, like in an interview, he said that he's working on his next movie, which he described as a uh, uh, what did he say? Nightmare comedy whose first cut is looking at four hours long. <laughs> wow! I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't know if that's going to end up. The final cut might be a little shorter, but oh yeah. Um, and then so. I took classes on both the Coens and Alfred Hitchcock and that just turned out really well because I guess they're important in broader world as well mm-hmm. enough to warrant having their own class devoted to them. Um, but Alfred Hitchcock just kind of perfected kind of the system. His his He started in the silent era and really kind of brought about a lot of the changes across all the eras that kind of became mainstream or like more. He's so good at kind of getting a formula down and just even some, some of his movies kind of just run through the motions, but he can just advance on the formula and just his creative mind on like shots and setups and certain stuff like that just baffles me in everything he makes. That's awesome. And then Billy Wilder is just best best guy. He uh Billy the biggest thing with Billy Wilder I would have to say is his range because over his career I think he had kind of two periods where he made some of my favorite movies ever um and they're both in back-to-back years. So in 50 and 51, he made Sunset Boulevard and Ace in the Hole back to back, which are both incredibly dark, damning critiques of certain industries. Um, Sunset Boulevard being kind of Hollywood and uh, Ace in the Hole kind of looking at the American like news cycle um, and how they inv- take advantage of like headlines for profit. Um, and then 10 years later, he came in back-to-back years, which I talked about, I think, just last episode. Um, made two of the best comedies ever in back-to-back years with uh, Some Like It Hot and The Apartment. Right. Um, and there's more movies that are, like, some of my favorites of his, but I think those are the big ones that he just... He has so much range, and his his wit and sense of humor is also one that I kind of just... just makes him one of my favorites. And then I'm going to try to just speed up because I feel like I'm talking a lot. My next one is Federico Fellini. Um, so despite Alfred Hitchcock and Billy Wilder, both not being American, they primarily worked within the Hollywood system. Uh, they came to America to, because that's kind of where, what you did when you're trying to be successful commercially. Um, but Frederica Fellini is, has made a few of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> and, uh, his just, his creative vision is just so inspiring and a little mind bending and I don't know, just so much. Yeah, I totally agree. I love Fellini. And then my last one is um between Kurosawa and Edgar Wright, just depending on how you'd qualify, because I've only seen like four or five of Kurosawa's movies and he's made a whole lot more. But pretty much all the ones I've seen have been instant classics for me. Uh, my favorites are Seven Samurai and Ikiru, which are 
very different. Kurosawa is another one whose like range is incredible because um, he made a lot of like samurai style like historical epics, and then um, Ikiru is uh, like a drama about like a man in local government who finds out that he's going to die and decides to make something of his life in the little time he has left. Kind of crazy. And then the other one is Edgar Wright. And uh, I just don't know between those two, just because Edgar Wright, I've seen all of his movies and rewatched all but one of them uh, multiple times. Um, and they're all like some of my favorites, but I don't know. So it's tough between those two. But yeah, those are the ones that I kind of think of as the most influential but and my favorite. So nice. Think about that a lot. <laughs> and I feel like I've mentioned like kind of the top tier before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, I think that was the last bingo thing. That's good for kind of our main section. Uh, so do you have any album to recommend? Yes, I do. Um, this week I am going to recommend the album Jamie by Brittany Howard. Um, Brittany is the singer from Alabama Shakes, who's like one of my favorite bands. I would recommend everything that they do, but Jamie is Brittany's first ever, um, solo. It's her solo, solo debut album and it is so beautiful And I would say kind of similar to Alabama Shakes, but a little bit less produced, I guess, like a little bit more simple in terms of the actual music, but a little bit more complicated and personal in the lyrics. And I love it. I think it's a great album. Gotcha. Mine would have to be, or my for this week is um, Public Enemy. Uh, It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. And especially like with all this stuff going on and all the protests, I think it's important to kind of like appreciate like black culture and kind of like do more to educate about it, Um, which I want to mention um, real quick that the Criterion took down their paywall on a lot of their collections of featuring black filmmakers. Um, I don't know for how long, but up right now, um, as of when this is being recorded. Um, That's so cool of them. Yeah. And uh, so check that out if you want to. Um, but I, I want to bring up Public Enemy just because I started listening to them uh, sometime last year. And um, they're just so exciting. They were like addressing a lot of the issues that are uh, relevant now back in the 80s. And in a way that really, I don't know, they're just, they're an exciting group because they're a little radical and they, talk a lot of talk about it a lot in their music but at the same time it's never bogged down by it it just makes you want to kind of get up and make a difference that's awesome um yeah and also it's has just a few bad words so uh (laughs) if you don't like to play rap like around people um because of excessive swearing it's never excessive in public enemies work so big fan do you have an album you want to recommend, Audrey? Actually, yeah. I was just listening one today, and it was very good summer album. It's Active Galactic by the Delta Rigs. Just very, I'd say kind of upbeat, but good songs. A definite recommend. Nice. Gotcha. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that. I'll check it out. Me either. Very fun. Um. So I think that about does it for our first uh, conversational English episode. I think as far as having guests on in the future, I feel like they have to be initiated into the squad um, with their own little conversational thing. Um, So if we ever have an episode that we feel like Audrey should just be on, uh, like the horror movie episode, which is going to happen, I'm... uh, set on it now i'm excited about that and uh kind of growing a little community and building it up here yeah i love that idea very fun um have you started on the book yet no i just got it today okay 
Um, I've started on it and I, I'm getting through it pretty quickly. Uh, if you have, do you think you're going to have time to kind of hit the ground running on it? Yeah, I'll be fine. Okay. So I think we should maybe move that up one week. Um, so do it the week after next. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool. Um, and then next week would be a movie. I have a couple in mind. Um, but if you had one that you wanted to do Mm. or had you not thought about it, the only movie that I'm like dying to watch now is ghost stories on Netflix. So if you want to watch a horror this week, I'm down for that. But if you have a different suggestion, that's also okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking, well, I mean, you might've seen this one. So if you have, then we'll throw it out. But, uh, I hadn't seen honey boy yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I really want to watch that. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Would you be down to do a double feature? Sure. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So maybe let's just watch both of those. Okay. Hey, uh, isn't a ghost story, isn't it kind of shorter or is it longer? I actually don't remember, but I do remember it's just to be where it's not a horror movie. It's more of like a drama. Sad movie. Oh, okay. I, I'll admit it. Wow. But still very good. I was expecting it to be a little spooky, but it's not. It's still really good, though. Okay. Gotcha. Isn't Casey Affleck the ghost? He is. Nice. Very good ghost. <laughs> Excellent work, Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. like an hour and 30 minutes. So Okay, gotcha. So about regular on the shorter end. Okay. Yeah, I think let's just go for it. It'll be fun. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's about it. Um, oh, one more thing. I mentioned... Um, kind of being mindful of all the stuff going on around. And I've seen a lot of stuff on Instagram, kind of like to educate yourself and uh, like certain resources to kind of understand the situation better. And one thing that I never saw like mentioned or referenced on any of those, um, as far as like movies to watch is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. And I think that that one is huge for understanding kind of the situation going on now. and I'm not exactly sure where you can find that because both times I watched it were like situations out of my control, kind of like it wasn't me just watching it at home. Um, but I think that's definitely one that if you're kind of looking to know more about the situation, like understand kind of everything that's going on, that's a huge one to check out. So nice. I'll look into it. Yeah. Cool. So uh, that's about it for this episode. Big thank you to Audrey on this for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fun time. Thanks for being here, and uh, thanks to anyone for listening who's out there listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs>